currency of Mexico is the peso. The currency of Argentina is called the peso. Colombia too has the peso. And the Philippines is hot on the peso or peso trail. Similar sounding currencies for sure. But just as no two countries are the same, no two pesos are either. And there's a new kid on the block or a new peso. Similar name, still about the money, but it's been given a tech flavour and a big dash of hospitality. It's the world's first hospitality profitability software, peso.com.au. It's also been a labour of love for the past 10 years for our guests today. Ivan Brewer has spent over 25 years in the hospitality industry. He's a recognised profitability expert and industry leader. And he's the founder of this revolutionary new software called Peso. Welcome, Ivan. Good morning, Angela. Such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Look, um, I'm going to press pause on COVID and I want to jump in straight away and say that um, we know that COVID's also been known as the destroyer of the hospitality industry single-handedly. And I want to discuss the state of the hospitality industry pre-COVID. Now, you chucked some interesting data around and we've had these conversations, you and I, many times this year. Uh, 40% of cafes, bars, restaurants aren't making any money anyway, right? That is true. So in the lead up to COVID, we weren't exactly an industry in healthy shape. That's right. And it's, it's worth mentioning hospitality is the most complicated of industries. So very, See, very complicated. I know you say that and I'm going to interrupt you there because I, I want to latch onto that as well. Um, because you say that, I've always believed it, but you know, considering what we attract in the industry, considering the type of people who just go, I want to have my own cafe or I want to open a restaurant, those those big green dreams of theirs, and then to hear someone like you actually acknowledge how complicated it is, mm-hmm. I, I want to get into that. I want to unpack it. But if we lead into COVID, the hospitality industry is not in a good shape. As you say, it's complicated. But then COVID comes. So what shape are we in now? We're an industry which is very reliant on cash flow and terribly reliant on our customers. So having a um, a vast and rapid reduction of of demand is absolutely devastating to the hospitality industry. Well, there's not a lot you can do for a business that clearly relies on physical connections and people coming into your business. There's not a lot you can do when people are, you know, for instance, different states in Australia, they've been told to stay into lockdown 22 hours a day, don't go outside. And no matter how much food delivery you have on spec or or pivoted, it doesn't replace people coming in. It simply can't. You're exactly right. And, I mean, we're an industry that has an intra-week seasonality. So typically we only have two days, which make up almost 50% of our weekly revenue. And then, of course, we have a seasonality across the year, which we're in the middle of now. So peak time like we have now around the summer period really is paying for the next six months' worth of expenses. So it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a very difficult industry. And you, you dry up the demand and the people visiting you, then it's almost impossible to succeed. And is this what you mean when you say it's complicated, that it's a complex industry? Is that, is that what you mean, that we face those kind of challenges? It is. So we spend so much of our time in hospitality trying to predict the future. So we're a variable demand industry, but then we actually have variable costs on top of that. So we can't guarantee what the demand will be on any given day. And we then, but we're forecasting costs, which are largely fixed to roster, for example. Then we're making assumptions around what our purchasing might be. 
and over more recent times when we've seen an increase in our utilities and in, in constant increases in wages and purchasing, it becomes very, very difficult. And, and I actually say um, that it's very complicated based on academic research. So we have some academic research done in the US that showed that hospitality is the most complicated industry there is. It's the one that's most susceptible to economic fluctuations. I find, I find it astonishing that it's been acknowledged out loud. And, and the reason I find it astonishing, and you, you know, you've been in the industry as long as me, obviously we were both babies when we first started, but you, you've got to wonder what drives us because when you start to acknowledge that we've got days, you know, two days a week of trade that's supposed to cover the week, that often we look at a season to cover big chunks of the year. I mean, if you're a CBD business anywhere, you've got at least two months of the year that are wiped out because you've got Christmas, January, where foot traffic dies for the corporate world. You've got Easter, another big month, April or May or March, depending on when it falls. We've got these big chunks of the year where our trade is you know, down 50 or 60% and we rely on those other big events to cover all of that off. As you're saying, our costs are variable and yet we're expected to predict or look forward and, and estimate what's going to happen. When we talk about all these things, Ivan, it's a wonder any of us have the dream of being in hospitality. And hence why I think that it's well summarised that we're an industry driven by passion and not by logic. So I think if our logic was more pronounced, then we perhaps wouldn't have gone into hospitality. That it's some, it is something that that gets in your blood, and is something I think that is is driven by passion and that that love of people. It's a huge adrenaline rush when you get it right, and you have a great busy day, and you're high fiving each other and saying, "Well, look what we've pulled off." But then there's the massive down when you're sitting there surrounded by your bills, not knowing what you're going to do about it, knowing that you can't afford to keep going and that kind of hits you in the face, then let's add in COVID. However, interesting when you say that there's data that shows how complex the industry is. The other thing that I'm annoyed about, and you and I have had this conversation before, the very people who lead the charge in this industry, which is the chefs in the kitchen and all the owners at the front of house or in the kitchen themselves, we've often had zero business training. Exactly right. And we're up against a wall. If you, you, you know, you, you're talking about starting a business that might be about your passion and then suddenly you're faced with the same financial challenges that a bigger business or a bigger industry faces and you have no skills and no training to cope with it. I mean, your four years as a chef, as an apprentice chef, how, how much of that is spent on teaching a chef real costings, real challenges financially? And, and we see that. I think it's been... Um, a well-documented fact of the degradation of a lot of our training from the chefs that have been pushed out um, into the industry. And it is, like, it's, it's incredibly difficult. And the job of a chef is very difficult. Even ourselves as the industry don't make their life easy. We, you no. know, to ask a chef to design a menu without any context or parameters and then expect to hold them to account based on a cost of good result, it's almost impossible to achieve that. So the, even the, the way in which we try to frame cost of goods, we try to position it as a fixed cost, whereas literally, because it's just a representation of the cost of the items that are sold, every item just about has a different cost of goods. So that changes every service every day. So we just don't, for a lot of it for me, we're just not really putting it into the right context to understand how we measure what we're doing so that we can then implement change to do it better. 
Now, I'm going to quote you. You say, how we were taught to do it is no longer relevant. Absolutely. If we look at, you know, back in the day when you're looking around 1998, we had an excess of a 5% profitability. By 2010, we were down to 2 to 3%. You know, we're an industry which is based on scale. So the larger the, industry, the business, the better that they do, but 94% of them are small. And it's terribly difficult. Even if you had a 10% net profit, you know, you might be earning a reasonable wage, not even necessarily a good wage. And it's very, it's very hard to be successful within the industry. And I think now with incredible increases in things like our yeah, rents and fixed expenses, the competition has gone from 14 to 42,000 cafes, restaurants and bars in only 10 years. And the total, total market's hardly increased. So there's right. really, and there's no, not only is there no barrier to entry, but it's very difficult to get out because you can't sell it if you've got your home on the line and no one's going to buy it. It's easy to just go and start something from fresh. So yeah, very, very hard industry. Okay. So you know how hard it is because you've done it yourself. You understand the challenges around the industry being profitable and healthy and making sure that everyone's paid fairly, your employees, your stakeholders, your suppliers, all of that. You understood all of that. So did you just wake up one day and go, you know what, I need to build a software program that helps people do this? I was um, in charge of a P&L from a very young age, so running a multi-million dollar business by the age of 30. I was running a restaurant as a restaurant manager by the age of 24. So I'd long been in respons- responsible for businesses. And then being accountable to directors or to large businesses as part of a global um, business, wanting to answer the question of how do I make better decisions? When typically you get a P&L result or some sort of feedback six weeks after the fact, which is completely a waste of time or you get it quarterly and then but you're still held to account as to what your business is doing so for me i i literally stood in the middle of the floor of a busy restaurant and wanted to know how do i make the best decisions to either improve my profit you know increase my sales or save money and that started me on the journey um which which ended up with peso okay so you've developed this brand new revolutionary piece of software to help the hospitality industry let's talk about um how it actually works so that potential restaurant owners and cafe owners and bar owners that are definitely going to watch this interview and get peso in their businesses, how does it actually work? And bear in mind, I know that you're saying this is a software program that's geared for the individual owners. This isn't something that you're rolling out for the multi-site uh, owners, the, the big end of the hospitality industry. This is for the 94%. Absolutely. So I'm very, very passionate about supporting the majority of the industry, which is the smaller side of town. And that, that's the industry where the owners are the CFO, they are the operations manager, the marketing manager, all in one. And they don't have the resources to have in-house accountants and even the professional managers that, that get paid well. And the majority of technology likes to, um, by preference, will target those larger multi-chain businesses. So I really want to serve, I want to serve the smaller end of town. That's, that's where I want to be. Because if they're not thriving and surviving, we don't have a hospitality industry. No, that's, that's, we, we certainly don't. Fun. Now, this isn't, this isn't a bookkeeping program. You haven't no. designed something that's going to replace NYB and Zero. This is to work in conjunction. That's exactly right. So what, the way I describe it is as a capstone product. So this initial first version integrates with both Zero and with Deputy, so a rostering platform. Now, that, that information that we generate from those packages isn't within a context. 
we don't know what would be the right targets to hit, where, what are we trying to achieve. Even for a rostering platform and deputies, an absolutely wonderful um, program, it doesn't tell you what the right profit, the right roster target should be. How much labour should you be spending weekly as your ideal to be profitable? And that's what Peso does. So I describe it as a profit first software. So the first mm -hmm. question it's going to ask is how much profit does that business want to make? And we work backwards. So by interpreting zero, we understand the distribution of costs. And then the only thing that we really have control over on a weekly basis is our rostering. And that's what we do. We allow, we give very explicit instructions for the venue to know exactly how much money they need to spend on their, their roster to be profitable. So it's, it's almost like having your, almost like having a financial advisor or your accountant on site working backwards and saying, you know, asking that big question, well, you know, how much profit do you want to make or should you be making? Which there are in indicative numbers that are available as benchmarks from, from different types of industries uh, within hospitality that say, you know, you should be at a 20%, your rent should be at 10%. We, we know that there's numbers out there already that we should be making sure of when we start a business or we're in the middle of it or we're about to negotiate different types of contracts. So it's an unusual concept. You really did put together something as you would have liked it to be. Exactly right. I needed to, I think the, the important thing is, is that we're a very idiosyncratic business and no two businesses are the same. So two right. restaurants side by side are different profoundly down from their floor layout, from their cuisine, from their skill sets. Every aspect of that business means that those operational targets should be different. They shouldn't be the same. And I think that's the, the key with Peso is we identify what is ideal for that particular business and then allows an owner, it's something that I've seen, I'm a big believer in the inner genius that exists within our operators, that they are very engaged with their businesses, they know their customers, they're, they're the servant to the, the wonderful industry that is hospitality. We just need to give them the targets, we just need to give them the parameters for those decisions to be unlocked. Now, we, we have run out of time, but I just want to very quickly cover off. Is this going to be a subscription, a monthly subscription model? It, it will be. That's right. So we're, our initial uh, launch, which will be just for the labour um, uh, module, will be at $150 per month. And in the first quarter of next year, we'll be working on a purchasing module. So at the beginning of each week, an owner would have both a purchasing and a labour budget to spend. And it would be real time. It will adjust on a daily basis. Fantastic. All right. Well, we'll look forward to um, watching the journey of, of Peso and seeing how much it does revolutionise and make the hospitality industry industry more profitable. Uh, it's what you give back to the industry, Ivan, that's made the biggest difference. And, and you know that how much respect the world has for you in that regard. So thank you very much for joining us today on SME TV. To all our viewers out there, make sure you subscribe. To the Piedmont Studio, thank you for making us look, sound and connect well. And to our show's sponsor, the SMEA Association, thank you for your support. If you have any questions, comments, tips or tricks you'd like to share with me, you can email them straight to me. News at smea.org.au and of course we're across all the socials. Thank you, Ivan. Thank you very much, Angela.